you all and we're looking forward to eternity with Chris and all the rest who come to Jesus. Thank you. I got to spend some time with um, with Chris and his uh, Chris's family here um, on a Thursday night, went over and we we just talked, shared stories, um, uh, shared some tears, shared a lot of laughs. Uh, Chris was always on board with laughing, excited about uh, uh, things that things that could bring joy. Uh, and I asked the family, "What are some words that you would use to sh- to share that describe Chris?" And here's some of them that they came up with. They said, "Free, no filter." Caring, one who saw good in others and wanted them to be their best. Comedian, full of life, hard worker, fearless, spontaneous, family-oriented, and generous. And some of those stories, uh, after I finish sharing here, uh, you're welcome to come up and I'll, I'll cue you as well. If family and friends can come up and if you have a story about Chris that you'd like to share, uh, you're welcome to do that. Or you can wait until afterwards and you can share it with the family if uh, a public setting like this isn't your thing. That's fine too. But a few of those words 
uh, there were stories that came with those words. Like, for example, free and spontaneous. Now, this didn't ever happen to me. But I was told that if you ever were eating with Chris, you had to be very careful because if you left your burrito there unattended, he would slip chili in it, and then all of a sudden your mouth would start burning up. And Chris would laugh, and he loved that. He talked to, his family talked about uh, the drives that they would take back and forth to Wyoming or whatever, wherever, and just the spontaneity of, oh, wait a minute, let's stop, let's take a picture of that, I have no idea what that is. And uh, stop and get out and wander around and just enjoy whatever was, was unexpected. Some, one story that jumped out to me that I really appreciated is that Chris jumped off a bridge into a river on Vince's 18th birthday. And Vince, you're 19, so that wasn't very long ago that Chris did that. Was he on oxygen at the time? <laughs> did he, take his, he didn't take his tank in the water with him, but he jumped off the bridge. That's awesome. I love it. You know, that's, all, that's, that's great stuff. Um, the last years, Chris was having trouble getting around as much as he was used to. And uh, so he figured he needed to learn something new, stay sharp. So he bought a drum set and put it in the basement. And I think that what the family said is he, uh, uh, you couldn't really tell what was going on down there. But down the end, there was a little bit of rhythm started coming along. But he was, uh, he was working on the drums. That was something he could, he could grow in. Generous and hospitable. Uh, Chris was one that fed others. He picked up hitchhikers. I told a story about there was a a really, really big lady that uh, uh, Chris picked up off the side of the road. Really poor health, was traveling, trying to figure out where she was going to go. Chris got her, she didn't have any water. Chris got her some water, got some food, and and, uh, they got the the cops came and and they were going to take care of her. But they took her to the county line and just dropped her off. And man, that made Chris mad. And so Chris drove out to the county line, picked her up brought her back, got her taken care of, and they stayed in touch for quite a while afterwards. She would call out of the blue and say she's traveling here, traveling there, but Chris cared very deeply for those, those people, uh, for elderly, for people that were sick, and Chris just came alive during those times. I know that people that have, um, in the church here, as they have approached end of life, Chris is, uh, he's one that would always go and visit, and he'd sing to them with a few other people and uh, do things in order to cheer him up. He would take the families to soup kitchens and, um, and nursing homes to volunteer. I know that uh, when Chris passed away, um, I showed up at the house just after he had been taken to the hospital. And uh, Rob Robinson and Toby Robinson, his son, was there. Toby is the athletic director for Belgrade High. And Toby told me yesterday... Chris poured some concrete pads over here near the softball fields because we had a problem with our um, outhouses tipping over. And so the company was going to go take the outhouses. Chris found out about it, came across the field, said, hey, I'll pour some concrete here. You can fasten them down. We've got no problems then. And he did that, and Toby looked out, and he said, concrete's still wet over there, and Chris poured that yesterday. And I know he did it because he wanted to help the kids. That's the way he worked. That's the way he operated. Chris was a, a guy, let me, let me back up. I said was. As a Christian, I believe that Chris is passing. We can use past tense in this life, but Chris is still here. Chris is, 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 going to, is in the presence of God. We'll get to that. And so I, I want to talk about Chris in the present tense. As he is one that is full of life. Camping, fishing, Madison River, his home river, his dogs, his old trucks, family, church family, all of that were things that he just jumped into and was excited about. And Chris is one that loved God. 
I know that uh, there was, I found one here this morning, something he loved to read is his daily Bible. He gave these to his kids so they can read. And uh, as the kids told me, he said, just put it in your bathroom. You can read it when you're in there. It's a daily devotional that you can get. And uh, it gets you closer to God that way. And Chris had, a number of years ago, started a habit where he would get up early and he would read Scripture. And he would spend some time with God. I, uh, go ahead and, this is one of his Bibles. This is, is this the truck Bible? Okay, this is the Bible that always rode with him in the truck when he was going around. And I asked the family if I could take it uh, for a few days and look through it. And I, I'm always amazed, uh, I'll give it back to you, I might take it again here in a second. But I'm always amazed at what, um, what people underline or what people write in their Bibles. And so if you got one of these, if not, um, you can grab one of them afterwards. There's, uh, I, I narrowed this down to two pages of scriptures. Now, Chris, what I noticed about his Bible is that it was well-worn. It was a Bible that he had definitely spent time in. And there were some themes that he had underlined. And he, whenever it got to something that had to do with building or construction, almost always it was underlined. For example, in the Old Testament it talks about when you build a house, make sure that you put railing around the roof because if someone falls off, it's your fault. And he underlined that. You know, he, he made sure that that was, that was something that, that he, he had underlined. Something else I noticed is that Chris underlined or highlighted a whole lot of really difficult passages. I think passages that are easy to skip and say, well, I'm not interested in that. I'm going to skip through that and just, just talk about the ones that make me feel good or are comforting to me already. But what I saw is he had underlined a lot of passages that would hit any one of us in the heart about what's most important in life. Things like being generous. Sometimes, and those are passages that are just easy to skip over about being generous to your neighbor or being generous towards God. And there was a whole chapters that Chris had underlined and highlighted about being generous. And you could tell that was something that really touched his heart. Uh, There's a lot of passages underlined about how to live, a lot of passages about eternity, and I'm going to share some of those. So understand is that throughout the whole Bible, there weren't big sections that were missing where there wasn't anything underlined. It was all the way through. And so front and back page here, there's a whole lot of things that he underlined that are not on here. In fact, the first... The, the rough draft was several pages long, and I had to cut it way down here last night. But I noticed also that there were frequent, frequent marks, and even in the notes at the very bottom, some of the, the study, Bible study helps, there were notes all through those. And so not only was Chris reading text, but he was trying to understand what all of it meant. Uh, there was a lot of writings and notes in the, in the um and the margins, uh, just thoughts that someone must have been teaching that he wrote down or something that occurred to him. But I want to read through some of these passages because I think all of these share something about Chris and his own spiritual walk. The first one is from Psalm 49. But God will redeem me from the realm of the dead. He will surely take me to himself. Now this is before Jesus came, before a lot of the instruction that we have about what the afterlife is about. But Chris highlighted this in the middle of this psalm here, that God will surely take me to be to himself. And I can't imagine the things that Chris is seeing and experiencing now. Psalm 121 is the next one. Now, 
Chris, a few times, he underlined an entire chapter, and he did that here. The whole thing, several colors and, and, and marks on the side. And I'll read it. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. It's a psalm that uh, reminds us that God is there in all aspects of life. And he wants good to happen to us. He's not this God that's up there with this lightning bolt thinking, Oh, man, I just can't wait till this guy messes up. I can't wait to throw this bolt. It's not how it works. As God is there saying, come on, I got you. I'm going to walk alongside you. I know it's a struggle. I know there's burdens. Nothing I haven't seen before. It's all right. I got you. Matthew 121, going into the New Testament. There's a whole lot in the Old Testament that he had memorized, or that he had marked. See, she will give you a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. This is talking about Jesus who came, God in the flesh, His mission was to be a sacrifice so that our sins would not be seen by God, so they could be erased and taken care of. And I remember this was underlined in Chris's Bible. And Chris understood that he was not perfect in this life and that he continued to struggle with sin. All of us do if we're honest, and we'll get to that. But the good news is that there's forgiveness, and it doesn't have to stick with us. Next, uh, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and your name drive out demons, your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. This is one of these passages that's tough. Just because we say, hey, yeah, you know, I know God, I'm good with God, look at all these religious things that I can do, that doesn't mean that we have a relationship with God. And I always appreciated Chris because he would tell me after sermons, he would usually have something to say, but he would say something like, just say the tough stuff, Chris, thanks for saying the the difficult things, whatever. He would say say it in his own way that I can't can't say it the same way. But that's what I got from him is that just give it to us. Therefore, anyone, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. There, another construction analogy. And I wonder if Chris thought, I, well, I wonder what kind of foundation that used on the rock. I wonder what type of concrete or mortar that would have been if he used, make sure he used good stuff that, that's, that's building on the rock there. Next passage. Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Stuff isn't life. Um, That must have been something that touched Chris deeply because of the generosity that he shared with people. He said, yeah, I can keep, I can take, I can do all that, I can um, try to make everything I can off of every job, but it's just stuff. It's not what life is about. And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And for someone who is a foodie and loved food... Love good food. Let me say it differently. Good quality, great food. And having a way that I can never, ever be hungry or thirsty again. That's beautiful. That's what Jesus is about. 
My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I wonder if Chris, in his mind, read this as he was underlining it and highlighting it, thought, man, there's, that's going to be beautiful someday. God building a house that's beyond what I can imagine. I've seen, you know, he's seen some amazing places here in this valley. <laughs> amazing, amazing houses that he poured the foundations for. But something that God can build is something much, much more beautiful than all that. Jesus answered, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Chris is one, um, and I've heard stories about how he became a Christian, and, and that was, he wrestled with it a while. It was, uh, he had to uh, decide, man, I, get, I, I don't know if I like this, you know, those kind of things. And, and I've just heard the stories, little bits and pieces from him and others that were there. But he wrestled with this, is that if I'm going to have the Father, if I'm going to have God eternity, I've got to have Jesus and what he has to say. The next passage, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And he had this whole section written or marked out in his Bible there, uh, in, uh, underlined and highlighted. See, that's what happens when we get older, is our older self, the shell, starts breaking down, right? It starts falling apart. But inwardly, what happens? We're being renewed day by day by day by day. And I didn't know Chris as a young guy, but I imagine what was in him on the inside was much more beautiful and amazing than when he was a young guy because that transformation that continued to happen. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Whatever we have to put up in this life is, is nothing compared to the amazing stuff that happens in eternity. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since, we, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Now, beautiful construction analogies there is that God is working on something amazing. As our own bodies are breaking down, he's preparing something much more amazing and beautiful for the next life. Again, I can't imagine the kind of stuff that he's able to see right now. First John chapter 1, this next section, he had underlined as well. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we do not live out the truth. Okay, so what is being shared here is what does it look like in order to follow Christ? And sometimes in our world, we can make a, a great mistake at saying, okay, a person who follows Christ, and they, we, we come up with this definition that may or may not be in Scripture, but it's kind of like an encyclopedia set. You know, a person's got to fit right in with that encyclopedia set, and if they're out of order, then it doesn't work. That's not what this talks about. Walking in the light is about direction. Now, all of us have different places we come from, different burdens we carry, and what God cares about is what is your direction. And I am so thankful that Chris was not the stereotypical Christian in some ways. He was amazing. I learned from him continually. But if we walk in the light, what's our direction? If we walk in the light, as he is in light, we have fellowship with one another. In other words, we're never alone. We walk side by side with God. We walk side by side with others. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. That's the present tense. And so as we walk towards Christ... We know that, man, I'm, I'm far away. I feel like I'm far away, but I know I'm just going to walk 
towards him, what he looks like, what he tells me to do, bit by bit, step by step, and I'm going to walk that direction, then what happens is Jesus' blood continually purifies. It continually washes. It's not a situation where I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out, continually about God's kingdom or, or heaven. But God is there walking along saying, hey, you just keep walking. You just keep your eyes on me, and I'll keep washing you clean. Yep, I know that you're not going to be a finished product in this life. I understand that. I get that. Believe me. I created you. I know how this works. But you just keep walking. That's what I want you to do. And I know that conversations I had with Chris, just like any of us, we talk about, man, some things that I'm not sure I'm going to be able to kick in this life. That's why we need the blood of Jesus to continually purify us. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So that's, that's bad when we say, hey, I'm all good, I've got it all together, I'm a finished product. That's the most dangerous. He is faithful and, get, and just and will give, forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is in us. Whenever we play the, hey, I've got this all together card, God's like, yeah, no, that's not how this works. You're still in process. And I appreciated that Chris was transparent as one that was always in process. I loved it. Love it. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Now this uh, last passage I'll read here, and I'll have a few more things I'll share. From Revelation 21. This is the second to last chapter of the Bible. And what happens is John, the author, is brought into the presence of God. And he's trying to describe things in human terms that cannot be described in human terms. Talks about streets of gold, things that are very valuable in our world that are used as pavement in the next life. And he talks about things that you just can't, can't imagine. And in Chris's Bible, he has the whole chapter underlined. And right in the middle of it, in bold marker, he had this. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Now, I don't know, and I don't pretend to know some of all the details of the afterlife, but I can tell you this, being a Christian and being one who has spent time in Scripture, is that when we, God calls us to walk towards Him in this life, to give Him our hearts and give Him, as He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In other words, just Come on, walk towards me, walk towards me, become a Christian, approach me in faith, repentance, baptism, jump in. Okay, wherever you are, it doesn't matter where you come from, it doesn't matter what, what burdens you're carrying, it doesn't matter all that. Just jump in and start walking. And I'll take care of it, and I'll just continually wash you clean. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the things that Jesus talks about. It all boils down to that. That's where we start. And I saw those things in Chris. And I appreciated his example and the ways that uh, he sh uh, I learned things from him continually whenever we have a conversation or whenever he'd make a comment in passing. And whenever someone passes away... Um, we have the opportunity to reflect ourselves. And I know that's something that Chris talked about a lot. He said, I want people around me to know God. I want people around me to, to come to God. And, and you'd usually talk about, I'm not a very good example, or I've got this, whatever. Sure, Chris, yeah, all of us have those shortcomings, absolutely. 
But I saw in his heart, in a way that he continually walked in the light or walked towards God, as he cared very deeply for the spiritual well-being of everybody around him. And I couldn't very well stand up here in front of you without telling you, and if you're, if you're not in a place where you can launch into eternity like Chris can, then let's talk. There's a lot of people you can talk with. But a great thing is, wake up early, read your Bible. <laughs> Get a Bible, start marking through it. Start listening. Ask the question, what does this mean for me? How can this touch my life? Jump into um, a community of Christians that can help you walk, alongsi- walk alongside you. But understand that no matter what happens, no matter if everyone else walks away from you, is there is a God who has created you that has said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I've got you. I'm going to walk alongside you. And if I didn't have a moment, as we didn't know when Chris was going to launch into the next life, that I could sit down and say, Chris, what do you want me to tell people? But I really believe that he would have said, tell people, anybody that shows up at my funeral, that I love them and I really want them to walk in the light, to jump in and start walking towards God. Because the amazing, beautiful things that happen in the next life are worth everything that we have to give up in this life for that. I'll miss Chris. All of us will. But I look forward to launching into eternity and walking side by side with him then. Excited for what that might look like. I'm going to leave the mic open here. And I'll sit down and anyone who would like to share a story, antidote, something funny, whatever, from, uh, from Chris's life, you're welcome to come up and do that. And uh, when we finish up with that, I will sing a couple of songs, we'll have a prayer, and I will uh, give us instructions for, uh, for lunch, whoever would like to stick around and participate in that as well. If you have something you'd like to share, uh, come on up and you're welcome to share a few words right now. I just want to, I don't have any major stories or nothing to talk about. My dad's been a tough week for me. Um, I just want to say thank you to all who came. And uh, he will be missed. And I wasn't quite ready for him to go. We had more to do, I thought. But, uh, again, thank you for all who uh, came in for my dad today. So, thanks again. Chris really was into the church, and I believe this church and the congregation really helped him become the man he was with such a big heart and cared for everybody. So I want to thank you all for that very much. He was a great big brother. He was always there for us. He loved his family very much. His grandkids. <clears throat> There's not enough I can say about him that most of you already know. There just isn't. He, he was just the best guy ever. It's really hard to lose a really good friend. I um, came across a poem that I'd like to share. 
it's called for my big brother. You showed me a lot of things. I learned a lot I didn't know. But you forgot to teach me one last thing, how to let you go. I know you didn't mean to leave me. Sometimes we have no choice. I miss being your little sister. Hearing my name called in your voice. I wish I got to say I love you. If granted one more wish, I would ask to say goodbye. You have always meant a lot to me. I could never love you less. I know it's true when they say he only takes the best. But it doesn't make it hurt any less. I know it's selfish for me to say, but I need you here tomorrow, brother, and even more today. Well, I hadn't really planned on saying anything today, and I guess I kind of just said, I sitting there thought I'd share a couple stories with my dad that maybe bring some enlightenment to his, his uh, personality. Uh, growing up with him, I think we kind of learned together. We were, we were a tight family, me and Nick and Felicia. And it was just an amazing character. His personality, probably never find again in my life. Um, shared this with the minister and a couple others. When, when me and Nick were young, kind of our morning motivational speech and, and talk would be in the restroom as he was having his coffee and, and, uh, and, uh, yeah. Nick and John, in here, both of you need to make us stand there and kind of talk to us and, it was, you know, tell us what we need to do. And oftentimes, Felicia was forced to come in too. And then, uh, if you, you know, the, everyone who knew my father knew he was just a character. Uh, he had a heart of gold. But he was so funny. He, uh, he taught me to drive when I was probably 14, 15. I didn't, I don't believe I had a license, but. We were traveling back and forth to different towns, Wyoming, and working back to Montana. He'd let me drive his old Chevy truck, and if I went out of the lines or hit the hit the rumble strips, he'd smack me in the back of the head, <laughs> kind of keep me on. Um, the truck wandered itself. I don't even think it was my fault. You know, I mean, it was like the old. He loved the old '80 Chevys, box style, and it had this huge square camper on it. So if there was any wind at all, it was like. You know, I'm like, you know, white knuckling it, you know, really holding on. And and now, something that made me feel better about all of this was seeing my dad change his transformation into the faith. Um, I tell the grandkids all the time, they, we paved the way for the man he is today because it was uh, it was rough at times, you know, but it was a really, really. We really did. He was uh, watching him make this transformation into uh, a man of faith, a man of God. It definitely makes me feel better about 
from going to the eternal life. So, that's my dad. Well, with Chris, you never know what you're going to get. And there's not one time that I didn't approach Chris and I thought, what are we going to do now? And um, he was always good-hearted, and I loved that in him. And when, uh, when I'd approach him, he'd always called me Mr. Robinson. And I had to kind of stand back, and I thought, well, what does he mean by that? I'm well over a decade older than he is. Is he giving me respect, or is he pulling my leg? Yeah, I backed off. I knew it was Josh and me. But we had a good time together all the time. Uh, we would always meet with a group of guys from church over at the uh, restaurant and have breakfast together and inspirational talks, and then we would just shoot the breeze with each other. And uh, most of the time he was there. Other time, on Saturdays, he was out playing around with the mud. He was a pretty busy contractor. But we enjoyed his visits there, and uh, we got to know each other spiritually and physically and some of our history with one another, and that was really great. And uh, you just, uh, I think our love grew and grew with him all the time. And probably in a prayer I was thinking. God, do you know what you're getting? And I could just picture God looking down, big smile on his face. Yes, I do. God, do you know what you're getting was a good description of Chris. He's a wonderful man and friend of mine, and he taught me a lot about concrete and a lot about family. He's always been a great dad to you guys. And he's been a good friend to me. I wish I would have spent more time towards the end, but I'm glad that Chris found the Lord. I know he's in a better place. I think the minister's wrong, though, because he did figure out the fishing thing. Because he caught the largest brown trout I ever saw on a white nymph, and we watched it come all the way across the Gallatin at it. But I just wish you guys the best, and we're here for you. And Chris is my friend. back in my mom's car, he was like, Johnny, don't tell your mom that I'm coming with you. He got in the back, started laying on his back, and we drove all the way to our apartment, and he's like, hi. <laughs> my mom had to drive him all the way back. So I'm, I'm uh, Jeremiah, his twin brother. <clears throat> so something about Chris and his personality. Uh, he, is a, he is one in a million or, or a billion. 
so my wife, um, it was the first time that he was going to meet my, my, uh, my wife who I was dating at the time. And I kind of gave her the heads up about Chris. And um, he had a certain set of lips on him, didn't he? Um, and he, he was kind of notorious for giving these juicy kisses. <clears throat> and my, I got to say that my wife, she is, she is a beautiful woman. And uh, so we get out of the vehicle. Uh, it was actually at, at uh, my brother's cabin. And we're kind of coming out of, the, out of the vehicle. And I can see him licking his lips. <clears throat> and my, my wife's pretty conservative and, and reserved. And I, and I knew what she was getting. So she's walking up. And he, I mean, his tongue is it's wet and he just gives her the biggest smacker like right on the lips and um it shocked my wife it shocked my wife and she kind of steps back like this in shock and he spins her around and he goes brother you did good (laughs) and that's chris right i mean i know that we all have you know certain stories about that you know what i love about him is his consistency right he wasn't one to another he was always the same. And talking about spontaneity, it was just this uh, past November. I, I live in Fort Collins, Colorado, and I get a phone call from him. And he's like, hey, I'm coming to visit you. I'm like, awesome. We'll win. You know, we'll get, we'll get the room set up and all that. He's like, I'm going to be there in five minutes. What's for dinner? <clears throat> and, and again, these are just certain types of stories that just, you know, made him beyond unique. Um, with fishing, I know that he loved the Madison, and we are a fishing, we are a fishing family. I, I don't know how much he talked about fishing and how he loved fishing that he actually wasn't better. Um, it was a couple of years ago, I was actually driving through Bozeman to meet a, another friend on the Missouri River for a few days, and we, we spent a few days together just kind of hanging out. Um, we both came to faith. And we are sharing, you know, what we have learned and, and how, it, how it has uh, changed our lives and our family's lives. But we decided to go to the Madison River and fish. And if a run was stacked like a cord of logs with trout, I personally believe he had a very, very difficult time catching fish. So <clears throat> I, I will say uh, I was a better fisherman than, than, than he is. So I'm on top of this run, and I am just, like, yanking him out left and right, and he's out there, and, I mean, it's, if you ever want to learn how to cast, look at him and do the opposite. So, anyways, he's not having a lot of luck, and I'm like, okay, Cal, you know, Chris, come on up here, you know, let me show you, and, I mean, I was, like, every other cast, and, I mean, we're, like, a half an hour in, and he's getting fish on, and then all of a sudden it's off. So, finally, um, he, he hooks one breaks it off, so I keep going to a thicker, thicker uh, diameter line or tippet uh, just so, you know, he, he wouldn't break these off. And finally, he landed one. And, and it wasn't big, um, but we were, we were very excited. And I said, you know, Jesus does exist, and a God does exist because a miracle happened today. <laughs> so that is, uh, you know, very, very, uh, you know, I just have wonderful memories. And over the last, you know, decade or 12 years, um, it's just been wonderful getting to know him and, and actually sharing our faith together. You know, one of the things about generosity, I'm also a businessman, and, and I know that he, he owned his own, own business, and I was always trying to give him, you know, examples and just trying to, you know, mentor him, you know, in that shape, shape and form. And I started talking, like, well, what do you charge and margins and all this? And I'm like, Chris, this is, you know, you know you're, you're giving money away. And he goes, you know, Jeremiah, at the end of the day, it's about doing a honest day's work at a fair price 
exceeding expectations and doing the right thing. And, you know, I learned something from him that day. Uh, it was very, very uh, just amazing to see, you know, the man that he became. And I want to say something just to the, to the kids and the grandkids is that you matter. He cared for you. He wanted your life to be better. And he sacrificed for that. He's a family man, and he loves you, and he expects a lot from you. And one way that you can show the love to him is to do your best. Do the right thing. Love Jesus. Love the Lord. Treat people with respect. Make them happy. You are capable, and he knows it. So, he loved Jesus. And I look forward to seeing you soon to make more stories. One of the things, I was looking on his Facebook, and I could see this transformation over a period of time of where his heart was. He loved nature, and you could see that in what he posted, but he also, he also loved the Lord. This is one of the last things that he posted in Scripture. It's Luke 9.23. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his, his cross daily and follow me. For whoever will save his life shall lose it, but whoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. I love you, Chris. I'll see you soon. It's different to be able to celebrate a life and, and be able to call that this and not a funeral. And... Jesus really makes that happen, and I'm so thankful for all the comments thus far. Um, my name is Matt Bachmeyer. I also never got called Matt. I got called Bachmeyer. And Chris and his voice, you could didn't matter how full or how loud it was, you could, I could hear him calling me from across the room when he wanted me. Um, I knew Chris from, from here in, in this church family. And in fact, in May, my wife and I... <laughs> get to celebrate 15 years of marriage and 15 years ago we we uh got married in my parents backyard and it was horrible weather and the the weather it was raining and pouring all day it broke for just an hour for us to be able to get married and then it started pouring again as soon as we said i do and we came back here for the re reception and this man stood outside and cooked 150 hamburgers on a tiny grill in the pouring rain all by himself, just for us. And you talk about generosity. Like, he, he saw what was bigger in those moments and really invested in, in those people and what, what, was, what was worth it, what was real. His, he truly did have a heart of gold. Um, some of my favorite memories are 
most of the way I knew him was here at church, and and some of my favorite memories are here are actually his communion talks. He would the Lord's Supper. He would he would stand up and like he almost would would ramble, maybe without a plan. Sometimes it didn't seem perfect, but they were so heartfelt and. What we know as perfect is different than what God knows as perfect. And, and they were, they were perfect that way. He, he had some of the most amazing thoughts and, and mental intention in those talks and really poured his heart. Um, he's a Grizz fan. We're mostly Bobcat fans here in the Valley. <laughs> right. And uh, he would always razz me about that. Uh, last couple of years, Bobcats have been a little more, more successful. But I do want to just say, go Grizz for Chris. <laughs> and the last thing I want to say is, you know, I, I didn't know Chris for most of his life. But I, I knew him here for some time. And it really is amazing how Jesus can change lives. There's not, when, when you commit to him, there's nothing that can't change. Nothing. And Chris was proof of that. Huge proof. And he makes things better. He really does. It's just up to us to start running, hold on, and never let go. Love you, Chris. Greetings. My name is Steve Bachmeyer. I was known to Chris also as Bachmeyer. And Chris had a great impact on my life. And um, I'm just thinking, um, as, as everybody's speaking and just back on my times with, with Chris, you never knew when he would show up in your day. It could be at your house, at your work, or even I remember right, driving down the road and there he was pouring a concrete porch and, and, and thought I desired to return a favor and I would turn around and I went back and 
and showed up in his day. And we had a great conversation. And um, Chris had a great influence on me in my life. Um, He was a true patriarch, the way I see it, from my perspective, from what I hear you all talk about. uh, From the inside of his family, it was the same. Um, my, My words are that the matriarch of your family is left here. And it's up to you as sons and daughters to, to make sure that that, that that continues to go well, that his legacy lives on as you are now patriarchs of your family and matriarchs. Um, one time, Chris was coming out to my house. He was going to pour a patio for me, and we went to look at it. He came into my house, and I had this little chihuahua dog that barked at everything. And he came in, and he had that deep, barreling voice that I will never, ever forget. And, and um, that dog was barking at him as he barked at everybody. And Chris looked over at him and said, You'd look good in a taco. <laughs> well, that... <clears throat> I think the dog understood what he said, and he didn't take very kindly to it. And he just kind of sat back and uh, waited, and Chris and I sat there and chatted and had a good time, as you always did with Chris. And uh, when Chris went to leave, he he grabbed the door handle, and the dog saw his opportunity. And he leapt up and latched on to Chris's hind pocket and was hanging there and wouldn't let go. I had to physically go take that dog off of Chris, and, and you can just hear that barreling laughter about it all. You know, just that love of life that came came from deep inside of him. Um, on a much more serious note, he um, he came one time. It was a crisis situation in my life. Um, I think Nancy was there too. Um, and Chris took me out in the garage, and um, not going to go into all the details, but he he. he in his brutal honesty, shared something with me that I will never, ever forget. Some advice about me and how I was behaving. And I wasn't very happy with him for a day or two, but I came to realize that he was right. He had this way of knowing people and being able to say the brutal, true things that needed to be said. And um, sometime later, he was again pouring some concrete for me at a different place. And, and I made sure to let him know how much that meant to me um, and how right he was and how it changed my life, just that one sentence that he shared with me. Um, Chris is having a great time. And I look forward to that time when I can hear that barreling laughter and, and share that, that joy with him again about his, his love for Christ. None of our walks are perfect, and Chris may not have been either. But that walk, he was always going down that path. He was always headed down the path. And if he stumbled, he'd get up. 
and he'd walk down that path some more. And that narrow path, he's at the end of it now. And his reward is great. Um, Chris, I hope to hear that barreling laugh one day. And coming up from behind me, just the words, Bachmeyer. So, anyway, I have a lot of respect for the, for the Wrangell family. And uh, I wish you blessings during this time. Papa was always really fun and playful, and he always wanted to make everyone laugh. And um, occasionally we go over to his house for dinner, and after we would usually sit around the table and play Uno. And he would always try to cheat with the cards. <laughs> and he would throw a random card on top of the pile of cards. And every once in a while we would catch him, but usually we win. And yeah, he was always life at the party. He was always fun. No, no, no. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Papa, he would always like try to touch us, touch us with his dentures, and then everyone would try to, <laughs> everybody would try to run away from him. And I remember like if you were in the passenger seat with him, and like you tried to put in something in the window, and you turned around, he would like have his teeth right in front of you. <laughs> yeah. As you all know, my dad never sugarcoated who he was, so we all know what kind of a man he is or was. Um, he was my everyday life. I wasn't ready for him to go, but I'm glad to hear all the stories. And I'm glad to hear that he told many people that he was ready to go be with his Lord. Um, thank you all for coming. It means a lot to us. Um, I just wanted to share that my Uncle Chris was a very special person to me. Um, he always had a very special place in my heart. Uh, and I wanted to share a fun story. So when I was little, I was probably about 10, uh, Uncle Chris was living with us in Gillette for a short period of time uh, doing concrete. And uh, there was a little city fair. And he, he took me to it. And I remember it was special because it was just me and Uncle Chris. Uh, and we went on that like spaceship ride, and I was way, 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 way too little to be <laughs> to be on this ride. But Uncle Chris convinced me to go on it, and I slammed all the way to the top of the spaceship. And when I got off, I puked everywhere, like immediately. Uh, and then my Uncle Chris took me to go get a blizzard from Dairy Queen to not tell my dad what we did. <laughs> uh, uh, but Uncle Chris was just—he was very, very special, and he is going to be so, so deeply missed by everybody. So it's just really nice to see everyone here for him and his family right now. Wow. I didn't want that phone call, Rob. Sorry. Uh, I knew he was drifting. He and I were pretty close friends. and We talked a lot about everybody and we talked a lot about his love for everybody, and 
Nicknames uh, he gave me, I can't repeat here. <laughs> but kids, Grandpa's saying to you is something that is really, really, really appreciated in my life. And I always heard him, boldly as he would always say, Kids, what's the saying? What is it? Come on. Beans and rice and... Jesus Christ, we, you got it. That was his. He owned it. He was proud of it. I'm proud of him. He was a great, great brother and a great friend, and I'm truly going to miss him. My story is, I have this gig about making jerky, and Chris is always wanting to help. And I was like, oh my gosh, really? I got enough going on. You're coming to my house? Yeah, we're cutting up these deer, and my son comes out, and Chris and I are cutting up, making jerky. And, and I told Chris, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. The dumpster's about full of carcasses. And he hollers into the house, Chance! Chance comes out, and he says, Your old man's having trouble getting bones in this dumpster. He says, Come out of here, I want to show you how to do this. And Chance is looking and looking, not sure what to do. He says, she do just like this. Shove this deer carcass in there. He said, this is how you do it. And Chess says, well, really, how do you know that? Oh, I used to stuff bodies in there. He's like. <laughs> I just want to take a few minutes and. I don't know how much I appreciate it. Chris has been there for me my entire life. He wasn't just a brother-in-law. It's not words that I like to use when I talk about Chris. He was more like a, a father figure, a mentor, a best friend. He was 100, John, all day. That guy has uh, inspired me to be a better person, even through troubled times. He's uh, helped me be the guy that I am today, through good times, bad times. If I ever had anybody that I could call on at any moment, any given time, it was Chris. And he was there, no matter what I was doing. What's that? The shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Chris was not the guy that you wanted to give, you know, get a ride from a lot of times. I mean, we've heard this story. He liked to pick people up. You know, okay, so one time he wakes me up in the morning. He tells me there's this uh, great shoe sale going on over at the, uh, the, uh, the fairgrounds, and we've got to get down there and get a pair of shoes. I'm like, all right, let's go. So I jump in the truck. He drives me all the way to Bozeman. We get there. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be right here. I've got to make a phone call. I said, okay, great. I go inside, I get some shoes, I come back outside, Chris is gone. <laughs> Nowhere. I call Chris on the phone, and I'm like, hey, man, where'd you go? He's like, I went home. I'm like, how am I going to get home? He said, well, you got some shoes, didn't you? <laughs> I was like, my man. <laughs> yeah, he did come back and get me. It took a little while, but, 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 but he definitely came back. But, uh.
Chris, I love you, man. Thank you for being a part of my life, the guy that you were always there. I appreciate you more than I can even explain right now. Is John Dufford here? Okay, I got to share something from John Dufford. Um, I, I sent him a text last week. I'm Don Rogers, by the way. He called me Rogers or Mr. Rogers. But uh, I, I sent a text to John letting him know that uh, Chris had passed if he hadn't heard. And, and he said, no, I hadn't heard. Chris was a brother who struggled often and faithfully with issues much greater than some of ours. And ultimately, he won. I'm grateful that all of those are over for him. Victory in Jesus. Thank you for letting me know about him. I very much appreciate it. name's Mark Music. Uh, I guess I was in his phone as music to my ears. <laughs> uh, God bless that brother, man. Good man. Strong man. A rich man. And he knew that. Man, he knew he was rich. His, his family's everything to him, you know? God bless him. But you know, there's another word that I'd like to describe, Chris, and You'll find it in uh, John 14, 16. And the description is about the helper that Jesus is going to send to his disciples. And the Kone Greek word is paraclete. And uh, it means to come alongside. And I remember, too, uh, being standing right here one time when things weren't going well in my life. And I was confessing to you folks... And that brother stood right up over there and he came up here and he put his arm around me. That's Pericles coming alongside. So I'll always remember that man. Always coming alongside you. I love you, my brother. My life is better for knowing you. We weren't done with you yet. Love you. So I saw a truck the other day on the street. I'm Jay Josephs. I've known Chris for years. And uh, when you were talking about his, his old Chevys, it wasn't his, but it looked so much like it, and I felt like his spirit was still rolling around Bozeman. Anyway, I, I had the opposite conversation as, as Brockmeyer did. I was the one that told Chris he had effed up. He used to work for me. I have some apartments literally right next door, and... And, uh, you know, we worked together for a while, and then he mucked up. So I said, Chris, you know, you can't work for me anymore because you're just not doing, doing what you're supposed to. So I've had this conversation with many people in my life. 
Chris was the only one who thanked me. And it was over that that we became great friends. He, it, was, it was so important to him that he had let me down. And he wanted so much to show me that he was a better man. And he did. And then he, I, I think he almost looked at me as a mentor because I like to read and write quite a bit. Um, I used to share books with him and he used to show me some of his writings. And I really could see how, especially as he got older, but yes, he learned from his mistakes and he strived to do better. And really, I mean, isn't that the story of life? We all sin, we're all imperfect. And the question is, you know, what do we do? And Chris got back up. He acknowledged what was truthful and and he impressed the hell out of me for who he was. And uh, he actually inspired me in the, the new business I'm in. We, I, I, had a, I did a building project and I had a bunch of equipment. So he was borrowing my stuff so much. I thought, geez, I got to start charging for this. So I got into the rental equipment business. But he was our first salesman, and he was out there pumping us when I wondered, like, will this will this happen? Is this for real? And and really, his faith in me, in us, in 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 really just doing good was so inspiring. And um, now we're doing great, of course, as Chris envisioned. Um, but um, Anyway, I'll, I'll still see trucks rolling around and I'll think, still think of him because I do believe our spirits stay. And um, as long as he's in our hearts as he is, Chris will be with us in this world for a long time. Hi, my name is Tamara. He used to call me Manana. <laughs> I met Chris at a really low time in my life when me and my son had nobody. <laughs> and him and Nancy invited us into their home. We were at a lot of... There was always a seat at his table. Um, he taught my son how to ride a bike without training wheels, mostly by taking the training wheels off and pushing him down the road. <laughs> He's like, well, if he falls, he just gets back up and we'll push him again. <laughs> I remember me and Nancy went out for my birthday and Chris decided he was going to watch the kids, Aiden and Sophia, and we came back to them soaking wet, <laughs> dripping, because they had been in the creek fishing. <laughs> and he said, well, now you don't need to give him a bath and he's not dead, is he? <laughs> and it's, he was just a great guy. He taught me, he knew how strong I was before I knew how strong I was, and he taught me that no matter what life throws at you, Get up, show up, stand up, and just do your best. And your past doesn't define you. It's what you do with today. And I wouldn't be as far as I am in life. I probably wouldn't have my son. I probably wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the things that he taught me and the love that he showed us. There were, like I said, there was always a theater to the table. His door was always open. He always knew what to say to you. You might not like what he had to say but it was always something that you needed to hear. And even if it was a lecture, he always gave you a huge hug at the end and a big old kiss on the cheek and just told you to do better. And I will miss him so very much. Thanks.
Great stuff. Uh, thank you, everyone, for sharing. We're going to take uh, the next few minutes, and um, uh, Dan Staley is going to lead us in two different songs. And Chris loved to sing, and uh, he would be the first to say that he was not blessed with the voice of an angel, but he made a joyful noise to the Lord. And it was, it was phenomenal. And so two things that Chris loved when we were singing is to stand up and for everybody to sing with heart. So you're welcome to do that. The words are up here. Everybody stand and, and we'll sing with heart. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is so weak, so light the fire in my soul, fan the flame, make me whole, Lord, you know. Hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. 
pray together. Our Heavenly Father, you truly blessed us, Lord, as a uh, people in Montana that Chris had moved up to the Gallatin Valley. He's helped so many people through this time, Lord. He was a good example to all of us. And Lord, it's so thrilling to hear young people calling Papa. That's a special name for a special guy. We're so thankful, Lord, that he has been with us, shared so many things. And as his life grew on, Lord, he, his heart grew for you, and he became a stronger Christian. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Everyone is welcome to stick around. Lunch is provided in this room right over here. Welcome to go ahead and jump in as soon as the food's ready and and continue to share some stories and memories of Chris. Again, thank you for being here. You're dismissed.